We've been talking about the pathway of faith and um, the fact that the pathway of faith is a predetermined route. We have our, our, our picture that goes along with our, our uh, theme uh, this, uh, for this series, uh, this predetermined path. And in this path, <clears throat> uh, you will find that it is, it, there is no randomness in this path. And um, uh, I, I was talking to a friend of mine <clears throat> that uh, I didn't know that he did this, but periodically he listens to my sermons. And uh, he he just picked the opening sermon of when I introduced this this uh, series, the Pathway of Faith. And uh, he said, you know, I had never really thought about the fact that it is a predetermined path that God has for us, and that we um, we don't negotiate with God when we get to those intersections. That we we just need to follow the path that He has for us. And uh, he he thanked me for that that thought. He said I I had never thought about that, and um, so uh, that kind of made me feel good. Um, so anyway, uh, the next picture is the one with the intersections, and and this is where the path becomes a little um, challenging at times when we get to these intersections and our lives are full of intersections, and <clears throat> we are going to be talking uh, about Abraham. If anybody had a lot of intersections in his trail of faith, it would be Abraham. Uh, Abraham, we're going to see that uh, he had many, many challenges uh, in his life, but he was faithful to the predetermined course that God had for him. Uh, I I don't normally do this, but I wanted to uh, put out uh, four things, four things that my, my hope uh, in the, the study uh, tonight and tomorrow night, uh, next Sunday night, maybe the well, it won't be the Sunday after because that'll be a revival. So probably the next tonight and maybe one or two more Sundays, uh, we're going to be talking about Abraham. But there's four things that my hope is that we can pick out of the life of Abraham. Uh, so let me give you the four, those four things. That our trials are an important part of the Christian life. Uh, Abraham was a guy who who had a lot of trials in his life, uh, and that uh, you know the fact that he recognized that that the trials were a part of his his growth process. The second thing I want to hopefully bring out in the life of Abraham is that we need to learn how to respond to God's commands in our lives. When we get to these intersections, how how do we know? In fact, before we even go on, let me ask you, how, how do we know? I mean, does, you know, this, I love this picture because there's no, there's no arrow on the, on the ground saying, go this way, stupid. So how do we know? How do you know? Okay, pray is a big part. Okay. Okay, okay. So for following His Word, that's always a, a definite way to do it. Okay, all right. Absolutely, it's that first step. That, and oftentimes in, in my counseling, and and I, I don't know if you've ever experienced this. Oftentimes in my counseling, I'll sit and listen to people 
go through their, for lack of better terms, their intersection and explain everything in their intersection and say, Pastor, which way should I go? And I will look at them oftentimes and, and I will say this, you know which way to go. You just don't want to go. Have you ever seen that? Okay. <clears throat> and they and they and, and, and nine times out of a ten, nine times out of ten they'll look at me and they'll say, "You're right." What were they wanting me to do? They were wanting me to allow them to go against what they knew God wanted them to do. But it is all about taking that first step. <clears throat> the third thing that I, my hope is to, to take out of the life of uh, Abraham is that our, our trails can, o- can often, our, our trails or trials, the same, same thing. It's, um, uh, but our, our trails or our, our decisions oftentimes will involve or require sacrifice. Because you know, and we're going to talk about it here in a minute. But what what ended up? Where did where did Abraham's trail of faith end? Well, before that, <laughs> okay. Mount Mount what? Mount Moriah. And what happened on Mount Moriah? He was asked to sacrifice, and oftentimes. We need to understand that sometimes the, 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 the trail that God has for us may require sacrifice. May. That's an important word. May require sacrifice. And then the fourth thing that I'm hoping to be able to draw out of the life of Abraham is that <clears throat> we need to learn to trust God to meet our needs. We need to learn to trust God to meet our needs. So let's start reading Genesis chapter 22 and verse 1. And it says, As it, And it came to pass after these things that God did tempt Abraham and said unto him, Abraham, and he said, Behold, here am I. And he said, Take thy son, thine only son Isaac, whom thou lovest, and get thee into the land of Moriah and offer him there for a burnt offering unto one of the mountains which I will tell thee of. And Abraham rose up early in the morning and saddled his ass and and took two of his young men with him and Isaac his son and clave the wood of the burnt offering and rose up and went unto the place of which God told him. And on the third day, Abraham lifted up his eyes and saw the place afar off. And Abraham said unto his his, uh, young men, Abide ye here with the asses, and I and the lad will go yonder and worship and come again uh, to you. And Abraham took the wood and the burnt offering and laid it upon Isaac his son and took the fire in his hand and a knife and went both of them together. And Isaac spake and 
unto the uh, unto Abraham his father and said, My father. And he said, Here am I, my son. And he said, Behold, the fire and the wood, but where is the lamb for the burnt offering? Now let me let me just interject here. I personally believe Abraham knew. Or, or, or Isaac knew. I think he was just hoping. <laughs> But I just, I believe with all my heart because Isaac was not a little boy here. He was a, he was a full-grown man. And Abraham said, My son, God will provide himself a lamb for the burnt offering. So they went, both of them together, and they came to the place which God had told him of. And Abraham built an altar there and laid the wood in order and bound Isaac his son and laid him uh, on the altar upon the wood and Abraham stretched forth his hand and took a knife the, the knife and lay uh, to slay his son and the angel of the lord called unto him out of heaven and said Abraham Abraham and he said here am I and he said lay not thine hand upon the lad neither do thou anything unto him for now I know that <clears throat> thou fearest God, seeing that thou uh, uh, hast not withheld thy son, thine only son, from me. And Abraham lifted up his eyes and looked, and behold, behind him a ram caught in the thicket by, the, by his horns. And Abraham went and took the ram and offered him for a burnt offering and, uh, in the stead of his son. And Abraham called the name of the place, Jehovah Jireh. As it is said to this day, in the mount of the Lord it shall be seen. And the angel of the Lord called unto Abraham out of heaven the second time and said, By myself have I, have I sworn, saying the Lord, for because thou hast done this thing and hast not withheld thy son, thine only son, that is, uh, that in blessing I will bless thee and multiply, I will multiply thy seed and the, as the stars of the heaven and as the sands of the sea, uh, seashore, and they shall uh, possess the gates of their enemies. And in, thy son, and, and, and in thy seed shall all the nations of the earth be blessed because thou hast obeyed my voice. So Abraham returned unto his young men, and they rose up and went together to, to Beersheba, and Abraham belt, uh, dwelt in Beersheba. Dear Lord, thank you again for this day. Thank you for our time together, and Lord, I do want to thank you for uh, the example that we have in Abraham and his, his, uh, his life of faith. And Lord, as we uh, look at his life a little closer over the next few weeks, I ask that you would uh, uh, speak to our hearts, that you would challenge us, and that you would help us to be more like you. For it's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. In the first uh, 21st century that we live in, the word tempt, if you go back uh, to, uh, what, what's it, verse 1, and it says, and it came to pass after these things, that God did tempt Abraham. And in the 21st century, the word tempt tends to carry or imply uh, to entice someone to do, to do wrong or evil. 
But that's not what this word means. This word means to, to test, to literally to put to the test in order to um, ascertain uh, the natural nature, uh, excuse me, ascertain the nature of something, um, you know, to, to point out any flaws that, that something would have. I, I know that <clears throat> when, uh, if you're ever in the military, in the Air Force, or in the Navy, um, <clears throat> you ever hear of $20 bolts? You know, you know, a bolt can cost $20. Do you know why that is? Why? Well, okay, okay, that's well, that's not the point I was going to. I, I wasn't, you know, but no, the the point is this: every like, especially on an airplane, those those bolts have to be pressure tested. To uh, well, I think it's tinsel. They they check the check they check the check the tinsel strength of a bolt uh, to keep it from coming apart, huh? To make sure that there's no defect in it. So the fact that that bolt has to go and get tested to see if there are any defects in it before they can take it and then put it in an airplane. Because why? You, you don't want to just go down to the local Ace Hardware and get a handful of bolts and say, here, go fix your airplane. <laughs> Although maybe they do that. I don't know. But <laughs> Boeing may do that. I don't know. Um, but um, yeah. <laughs> but... Uh, uh, but no, it, because that bolt is so expensive because it goes through extensive testing. And so you have to pay for the testing. And, and there were some cases in the Navy working on submarines that we had to use certain, certain quality bolts, the same thing. Uh, you don't want bolts breaking on a submarine when it's you know underneath the water. It's not a good thing. So <clears throat> that's what this word tempt means. It means to to put under pressure to see if it's going to hold up under pressure. Does that make sense? Okay, so <clears throat> that's what this word means. So God clearly tested Abraham several times in his life. Uh, if you're familiar, you know, for time's sake, we, we'll talk about him, but we can't go through Abraham's entire life because th that's not the point of the study. <clears throat> but the greatest test of Abraham's life is when? On Mount Moriah. Okay, the greatest test of his faith is at the end of his life. Now, we show faith all the time. Let me... Uh huh? Oh yeah, you do. Okay, let me let me give you some examples. I as I was sitting here thinking in my office the other day, and I was typing this up. Uh, how many of you trust your doctor? Yeah. Okay. Well, for the most part, we tend to trust our doctors, do we not? And we go to our doctor, and he says, "Oh, you have an infection. Here, take this medicine." And then we take it to Walmart or Raley's or wherever, and a pharmacist does his thing and says, here, take this medicine twice a day for however many days. 
And what do we do? We take it. That, in, that at, its, at its very core is faith. Okay? I mean, I mean, literally, that is at its very core faith. When's, when's the last time that you got on an airplane, other than Bruce, Bruce probably did this, how many times have you gotten on an airplane, stuck your head in the in the in the uh, cabin of the of the pilot and the co-pilot and says, "Hey guys, I want to see the licenses." Okay, I, I want to see that you got the license to fly this thing. Okay, I mean seriously. I mean I had the I had the faith to fly with Lawrence once, and I never looked, I never checked your license. I should have asked. But we had a great time. But but we don't we don't do we? We get in our vehicles and we we start them up and we take off down the highway and we by faith trust that the vehicle is going to get us to where we need to be. See, we exercise faith all the time. You really exercise faith. When you go to a fast food restaurant. <laughs> you, you know what I mean? I, you know, you, you are literally putting your entire health at the whim of teenagers. Are you not? And some of you are like, that's why I don't eat fast food. <laughs> See, we exercise faith all the time. Most of the time, we don't even think about it. How many of you walked in this evening and, and structurally inspected the chair you're sitting in? Have you ever had a chair collapse on you? I have. <laughs> See, the whole point, I, well, I shouldn't say the whole point. One of the, one of the things I'm, I want to try and get across through this study of Abraham is that it would appear in the life of Abraham when God said, hey, go do this, what did he do? He went and did it. But what happens when, <clears throat> can you put up the picture number two again, Chris, please? <clears throat> what happens when we get to the crossroad of life? And God says, hey, I want you to go to the right. And you're like, yeah, well, you know, I don't, you know, this is downhill. That's a little uphill. And I would rather go downhill than uphill. And we and we get what's the word? Um, yeah, conflicted, confused, and we start to question if that really is the will of God. But the Bible says, well, you know, one of the things, <clears throat> one of the things, and I'm famous for this, and this is, I, again, I, I, I'm going to 
this whole this whole idea of faith is something that I have struggled with my whole life. <clears throat> and there have been many times that God has very clearly given me the direction to go. And I have just said flat out, you know what? That way is impossible. She's laughing because she knows. When God, when God told me to go to college, I said, that's impossible. I'm not smart enough to go to college. Right? It's, and I used the word impossible because I believed it was. But all things are possible through Christ. In the Bible, particularly in Hebrews chapter 11, we have an example here of Abraham and God identifies Abraham as being a great man of faith in uh, <clears throat> uh, Hebrews chapter 11, uh, verses 8 to 10. It says, By faith, Abraham, when he was called uh, to go out unto a place which he should receive... Ha- excuse me, would, I'm trying to read too fast. Excuse me. For by faith, a- uh, Abraham when he was called to go out into a place where he should, after receiving an inheritance, obeyed. And he went out, not knowing whether he went. For those of you that know the story, what is verse 8 talking about? When God told when when God told him to leave the Ur of Chaldees to a land that he knew nothing of, that is what this is talking about. Verse nine: By faith, he sojourned. He took that step. He took that step in the land of promise, as in a strange country, dwelling in tabernacles. Uh, with Isaac and Jacob, their heirs with him of the same promise. For he looked for a city with, uh, which had uh, hath foundations, whose builder and maker is God. So, so Abraham went. He left the Ur of Chaldees and he, and he went to a place where he would be a stranger. By faith. In verse ten or verse eight, can you put verse eight back up, Chris, please? In verse eight, the, uh, the word "called" here in verse eight is the Greek word. It comes from the Greek word "kaleo," which means to call out or to invite. Okay, so literally. What is, what is God telling us here? By faith, Abraham, when he was invited to go to a place, he went. See, and one of the things that we need to get straight in our minds is when we come to those intersections, God is not demanding that we follow him. He is inviting us to follow him. You see the difference? 
And as, as we then, okay, I will follow. It makes the pathway a lot smoother. Now, does it mean that there are no more obstacles? No, that doesn't mean that. In fact, in verse 8, <clears throat> another word I want to highlight here is the word obeyed. It, it is the Greek word uh, hippo, uh, uh, hypokano, hypokano or some, something like that. Uh, anyway, it means to listen or to hearken to a command or submit to. So at, the picture here is this. When Abraham comes to the in, intersection of faith, God invites him to follow him, and he responds by simply going. Pretty simple. It's not complex. It's actually very simple. God told Abraham to leave the Ur of Chaldees, which if you're wondering, the Ur of Chaldees is what would be modern-day Iraq. And he went to the promised land. Abraham responded by faith. Trusted God to provide him a son was another step of faith in Abraham's life. Our trail of faith will often lead us to the doorstep of impossibility. Now, <clears throat> the birth of Isaac, by all human standards, was what? Im impossible. It was a miracle. Okay? <clears throat> but God does the, does the impossible. We serve, we serve a God of the impossible. In Genesis chapter 17, verses 16 and 17, uh, <clears throat> it says, And I will bless her and give thee a son also of her. Yea, I will bless her, and she shall be a mother of uh, nations. Kings of people shall be of her. And Abraham fell upon his face and laughed and said, <laughs> and said, um, in his heart shall a child be born of him that is a hundred years old, and, and shall Sarah that is ninety uh, years old bear? I don't know about you, but Abraham looked at God and, and laughed. No, no, this was not the first time that he had promised to give him a son. But let, let's go back. I, well, let, let me stay with my notes. <clears throat> Abraham had waited many years for God to fulfill this promise in his life. He was 90, 99 years old or 100 years old. God promises him a child. Sarah's 90. 
But God once again shows His faithfulness in their lives. His trail, the, the trail of faith of Abraham is a, is a, is a really interesting trail. We could spend a, a years looking at the life of Abraham. But Abraham's trail of faith ends at a place called Mount Moriah. And there's a lot of things that are really significant about this mountain called Mount Moriah. Where is it today? Do you know what that Mount Moriah is called in the New Testament? It's called Golgotha. That's where what happened on Golgotha. Christ was crucified. My first point this, this evening is this, the, the request. Let's look at the, the request here in verses 1 and 2. Uh, we're not going to read it again. We, we already read it. But verses 1 and 2, God makes a request of Abraham. Um, um, and Abraham... Uh, does what he's asked to do. Uh, Genesis records multiple challenges, if you would, or um, uh, what's the events would be a good word uh, in the life of Abraham. So, so we have Abraham's life, and then we, it ends here on Mount Moriah with the, the test of all tests. But what were some of the other tests that... Abraham went through. It, the first one is out here uh, when he left the Ur of, Ur of the Chaldees. That was the first test that God had for him. Another one, what was, what was another one of the test? Would, how about Lot and Sodom and Gomorrah? What about <clears throat> Hagar and Ishmael? Can you think of a couple others? I could. Those are just three. Excuse me. Okay, the events of Egypt when they when the when he when he got to the promised land, there was a drought, and what did he do? He went to Egypt, and made some really some bad choices in Egypt. Anything else? See, Abraham's trail of faith if you would it was a trail spotted with a lot of really major intersections in his life god's request at the end of the of the trail was to sacrifice his only son so we have the request a call the, the letter a a calling to test. A calling to testing. In verse 1, we see God told Abraham to go to this mountain, which was a three-day journey away, to test whether he would actually be faithful to God. Question. We know the story. We read it. How did Abraham respond? He obeyed. 
he went to he went to Mount Moriah, and he sacrificed. And he was he was he was about to sacrifice his son when God stopped him. We know how he responded. My question is this: How would you respond? Exactly. Many of us would question God, would we not? What? Kill my my only son? I, I mean, you, you know, Isaac was pr- at least in his 20s by then. That, that means Abraham is 120 plus years old. You're going you're gonna to make me go through this again? Give me another baby? Are, are you kidding? You know, I, I can't imagine what was going through his mind. But he was obedient. I was talking with someone recently uh, about an event that happened on April 15th, 2013. I was telling them about this event. Anybody know what it was? Probably not, just by the date. But how you, you've all probably uh, have heard of the uh, Boston bombing. The marathon bombing, and I was I was telling somebody recently. I you know we were talking, and and I said you know one of the things that has always stood out to me, because they had it on film. You know they had you know they had cameras and stuff because of the marathon. I I'm assuming, <clears throat> but they had it all on film. And and when right after the explosion happened, there were two kind of people you saw you see in the video. What are those two kind of people? Okay, those that are running away from the blast and those that are running toward the blast. And I shared that with somebody recently. I said, that has always stuck with me. The fact that, that, that there, there are literally people, and it, I mean, the bomb, if you, if you can get a hold of the footage, it's, it's breathtaking. That there are literally people the, 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 the dust has not even settled and they are running into the bomb site. And I, I made this observation to the person I was, I was talking with. I said, you know, the truth is, I hope that I would be one of those running to the blast, not one of those running away from the blast. I just hope that I would be one. But then he looked at me and he said this. He said, he said, but you'll never know until you're in that situation. I said, you're exactly right. I could hope and I could, I could, I could train. You know, first responders spend hours upon hours upon hours training for those situations, school shootings and all of these things. But until it actually happens, you don't know how you're going to respond. And we could sit here and say, you know what? I would be just like Abraham and I would sacrifice my my only son if God said to do that. Really? You would. I knew a family one time that had a child that wanted to be a missionary this child wanted to um, 
go to go to college and uh, a Bible college to train to be a missionary. And the parents uh, would not uh, let the child do that because they they said that well, you need a backup plan if the if the missionary thing doesn't work out for you. So you need a secular education before you go to a Bible college and get a biblical education so you can be a missionary. Well, that child went to college, got a secular degree, got married. Currently, last I heard, she is divorced and will have nothing to do with her family. What happened? God said, hey, I want you to sacrifice your child. And what did the parents say? Nope. Not going to happen. I know with our children, we we gave our children to God very, very young, when they were very, very young. And our desire for our children and our grandchildren now is, is one thing, that they'll serve God, no matter where they're at. They don't have to be, quote-unquote, in the ministry. We just want them serving God. But honestly, what would happen to you if God said, hey, I want your child, I want your grandchild to serve me? I can tell you story after story after story. We know, we know way too many parents and grandparents that have talked children out of going into the ministry because you can't make enough money doing that. Or it's dangerous. You'll end up in the jungles of Africa. Praise God, I would love to go to the jungles of Africa. I've been to the jungles, not in Africa, but in South America. Really, really cool. But I've seen seen it way too many times. God said, hey, I want your child. And the parents hold on and say, no, you can't have my child. Sad, sad way to live. It's an important note that, that God does not ever tempt us or test us to sin. Okay, I want to I want to kind of throw this out here. In James uh, chapter 1, verse 13 to 15, it says, Let no man say... Uh, when I am tempted, <clears throat> I am tempted of, of God. For God cannot be tempted with evil, and neither tempt he any man. But every man is tempted when he is drawn away of his own lust and enticed. Uh, then, then when lust hath conceived, it bring forth sin. And, excuse me, and sin, uh, when it is finished, bringeth forth death. So let me ask you a question. What is the purpose of testing in our lives? What is the purpose of it? Okay, for growth? To, to help others? Purification? Anybody else? John? 
Okay, to, 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 to prove it, to, to, yeah, absolutely. To get closer to God. I, anybody else? Strengthening. Strengthening. Okay. Yeah, it's all of these things. You know, sometimes, sometimes a test is, okay, we'll use Abraham. A test down here was to say, okay, Abraham, I want you to leave Iraq and go to Israel. Okay, modern day Iraq to modern day Israel. Abraham, okay, I'll go. So what was the test there? Just obedience. Okay? And then and then the, the test along the way, and then we get to the ultimate test. And what was that test about? Was it about really was it about obedience? Well, it was about obedience, but was it not more about do you love Isaac more than me? And I think that that may be what Jesus was asking Peter on the on the, the seashore. Do you love these more than me? What in your life do you love more than Jesus Christ? God uses difficulties in our lives to stretch us, to grow us, to strengthen us, to draw us closer to Him. All, the, all of those things. 1 Peter chapter 1 and verse 7. That the trial of your faith being much more precious than, than of gold that perished, Though it be tried with fire, it might be found unto praise and honor and glory at the appearing of Jesus Christ. God says here in 1 Peter chapter 7 that the trying of our faith is more precious than gold. That the tests that God brings into our lives are not to get us to sin, but to strengthen us. And to, to have us draw closer to Him. Do you think, just asking, that when Abraham was, a, was willing to sacrifice his son on Mount Moriah, do you think Abraham's relationship with God changed? I do. Absolutely. Absolutely. Do you think Abraham's relationship with God changed when uh, uh, the, the situation with Sodom and Gomorrah? Actually, there were multiple events with Sodom and Gomorrah. One of them was uh, before God destroyed God, Sodom and Gomorrah. What, did he, what, what happened with uh, Sodom and Gomorrah? An enemy, an enemy came and did what? They, they, they took the city and they, they looted the city. And what did Lot do? He ran to old Uncle Abraham. Said, hey, we need help. What did Abraham do? He, 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 he got together all of his men and he went back and he got all the stuff and brought it back to him. Over and over. Do you think Abraham's relationship with God changed after that? Absolutely it did. 
Do you think it changed after God destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah? Absolutely. See, can you see the progression here? See, had God came to Abraham <clears throat> at a young man with a maybe if you know if 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 Abraham had had Isaac as a young man uh, before he loved Ur of Chaldees, say, hey, I want you to go sacrifice your son. Do you think Abraham would have done it? Probably not. Why? Because his faith wasn't quite there yet. See, that's how God grows us on our our trail of faith that we've been talking about. We need to stop. I'm not even close to finishing. We'll stop here. Uh, Dear Lord, thank you uh, for this day. Thank you for your love. And Lord, we ask that you would uh, use this time together, the, the, the story of Abraham, and that you would speak to our hearts, that you would challenge us, and that you would help us to be more like you. And Lord, help us to see this man and his faith and how, how it developed and, and grew and changed and got stronger. And every time his relationship with you changed. We love you and we thank you. It's in Christ's name we pray. Amen.